Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. I'm really happy to share that throughout the months of December and January, I'm offering a special series called Bubble Bath Wisdom. Why Bubble Bath Wisdom? Well, bubble baths are my favorite way to unwind on winter evenings. And amidst the craziness of the holiday season, these talks offer the refreshing feminine wisdom you need to step away, turn in, and come home to yourself. So for 15 to 20 minutes, or the length of one delicious bubble bath, I'll share a clip of a talk I gave at one of my recent silent she retreats. Each of these talks highlights a different stage of our heroine's journey and I offer it in celebration of the opening of my online immersion, The She School, a nine-month journey to soulful, sovereign womanhood. Now, I only open registration once a year in December and January, and this is the most in-depth and inspired program I need. You can learn more at thesheschool.com. Now, draw yourself a bath or shift into your favorite self-care mode. Settle in light a candle, and exhale. 
Welcome home. out for us again today, blue skies right now. So we're on the, the other side of our retreat hump and this is the time to really sink in to your experience. The, the end is very near. Our container is strong. We've been steeped in the practices for four days now. And all is conspiring for you to go deep inside. Maybe deeper than you've ever gone before. And these next two days are here to support you with that. So a reminder, we're deep in silence, dropping eye contact. And that can be challenging for us as women when we're used to being very relational, we're used to being caregivers, thinking she's going to think that I don't like her or wait, does she not like me? <laughs> but we're knowing that we're in this together and we're, we're choosing to go deep together in this way. So the heroine's journey has descending and ascending aspects, descending into more of our humanity, our personality, our conditioned self, it's also known as our ego. That which is completely constructed by outer forces and which we come to mistake ourselves as being fully that, fully our personality, fully our conditioning, fully our egoic structure. When in truth, this egoic structure, the small sense of self, is actually a process rather than a thing. It's a verb rather than a noun. So it's not something separate and fixed that exists in space and time and you can point to it and say, that's me. It's a fluidity of forces, of influences that is always impacting us. And we need this egoic structure. We need this humanity. We need our psyche in order to function in the world. Otherwise, we would be completely insane. We need to have a face to put on in the world. It's like in my bedroom at home, I have a crystal prism hanging by the window and the light in the morning comes through it and casts rainbows on the bedroom wall. And our egoic structure is very much like that. It's, it's bringing the light of awareness through this prism of our ego and then filtering that out into the world in our own unique display of colors, our own unique expression. And where the spiritual path helps us is it helps us to 
kind of look at the egoic structure, take it apart. See, oh, here's the inner critic. Here's the inner child. Here's the inner rebel. Here's the inner wild woman, the perfectionist, the patriarch. Take it all apart and see how is everything working together? How can it work together so it's a harmonious family? So it actually serves the light that's pouring through. This family is actually devoted to that light pouring through and working together to create the most beautiful rainbow coming out the other side. Rather than having all these disparate parts, sometimes taking the bullhorn and without anyone really being aware that that's happening and hijacking the whole system to exert its own agenda, which is usually misguided, a misguided agenda for safety, security, for getting ahead. So with our awareness practices, we take these pieces apart, we put them back together to create a harmonious family, a harmonious family structure that perhaps we never had ourselves, and which our higher self, our self with a capital S, or she with a capital S, is in charge. So that these smaller selves are actually just sentinels who can say, hey, danger ahead, report it back to headquarters and say, what are we going to do? Rather than saying, danger ahead, let me just take charge and completely sabotage everyone else to make sure that we're safe and usually not doing a very good job at it. So in order for that light of awareness to come through, we need the ascending journey towards spiritual freedom. And spirituality is a broad term, much broader than religion, and it gives us a lot of choice. Just like we all like to dress in different ways, we all like to eat in different ways, we like to decorate our home in different ways paint our nails different colors. Maybe we don't like to even paint our nails. Some of us like silver, some of us like gold. Same is true with our spiritual path. We get to choose. We get to choose what we bring on our path, what we're going to weave into the fabric with which we ride through life. Spirituality is the means through which we participate in life in a heartful way that allows us to find meaning in sometimes things that can seem meaningless, in avenues that can sometimes seem like they're dead ends. It is our spirituality, it is our spiritual path that will help us through those times. So we've been focusing on this first half of the retreat on the descending journey on the small self, the characters of the small self. We could go on and on with that. There's so many different pieces and players and parts. And that needs to be incorporated in our daily lives. 
So one of the things that I do in my four-part check-in is I actually, I actually do a several-part check-in depending upon which of my inner selves I'm working with at any given time. So I'll always have on there my inner critic. What does my inner critic have to say? What does this inner critic need? They're waving the red flag. Remember, they're always waving the red flag. Although today I think it's going to be a green flag out there to go swimming. They're always waving the red flag and so we can we can then respond from the wise place in our four-part check-in. See, okay, what does this critic need to know that I'm in charge? Critic can relax. And then in the four-part check-in looking at what the critic is protecting, the vulnerable child. And to have a name for our vulnerable child nickname. Maybe it was a nickname that you had when you were a little girl or something that you feel called to now. Maybe it's an endearing name that a spouse calls you or a child calls you. And seeing what does she need today. And in different stages of life, perhaps, there, perhaps there's other selves that you're bringing in. We have all different ages inside. Maybe we didn't have so much support when we were a teenager or when we were in our 20s or 30s or 40s. And we need to bring her onto our path and ask her. What, she's kind of locked in that point in time where maybe she didn't have the resources that she needed to get through a hard moment and she's kind of stuck there. She's not evolving with us. So we need to slow things down and bring her along into our practice, into our days. What do you need? One of the ways that I did this sometime, for some time with my 18-year-old self, I had a very challenging year when I was 18. I went to college in New York City, which wasn't, I had op, different options of where I wanted to go to college. I don't regret it, but I don't fully celebrate the decision. It was, my parents were in the middle of a very vicious divorce and simply weren't available to help me look at colleges or even research you know, where I wanted to go, pros and cons. I was really just up to me to decide. And I knew New York City. I was born there. It was just a train ride away from where I grew up. And I loved New York City, so I just thought, all right, I'm going to do that. It was very hard to have my first year in college in a really big city and to really be on my own. My parents were in the weeds with this major divorce and now that I'm older I've had a chance to kind of go back and look at these kind of traumatic moments in her life and one of the ways that I worked with her was just to see what do you want for dinner tonight you get to be in charge of what we have for dinner and even if that was against you know, what I know about food now or now that I live in Boulder and it's always at the bleeding edge of nutrition, 
she had a very different idea of what was the leading edge of nutrition. And just to let her decide what we're having for dinner. So how can we bring how can we bring these selves onto the path? So it's like we're like we're a pack, we're a family moving together through life inside these these bodies. And then when we bring in the ascending piece of the journey in, this is where we come to this point in our circular journey that is the initiation. It is this this rubbing together of human and divine, of limited and unlimited, of practicality and miracles. And it happens through us as the instrument, as the magic wand. One of the wise women that I consult with, who's very much like a magician, she, she says it's the magic wand is only magic when you believe it is. When you have that attitude about it. I'm sure that we all had a, our own version of a magic wand when we were little girls. And you better believe that thing was magic. You better believe. I used to have make little little home for my dolls in my closet. Like have a little nursery for them. And I would just pray that one day they would actually be live babies. So I would open there and there would be a real baby that I could take care of. And I really believed that if I really take good care of them that they will, they'll come to life. So we all have something, and I know I've spoken with almost all of you so far, and those of you who I haven't spoken with yet, I sense that I'll have the same thing. We're all up against something big in our lives right now. Something that feels like, wow, that is a huge mountain to climb, or it feels like a wall. How am I going to get over that wall? And... It's a wall that we've been bumping up against throughout our whole lives in some degree or another. So yes, we want to use the skillful means of working with the practices that we've learned here and others that we know. We want to talk to these inner selves and see what they need. We want to tend to the physical dimension but to truly surmount great obstacles, to truly overcome massive aspects of our character that we've been working on for years and years and years, coaching, therapy, yoga, detoxes, you name it. We need to go to the realm of the divine. And any 12-step program, it always begins with opening to something greater than yourself, surrendering to something greater than yourself.
So at the initiation point, there is the necessity for surrender. And we can all say, and we, I know we all ask, how the heck do I surrender to this thing? How do I let go? How do I let go and let God or let goddess or let life show me what I can't see? To let life teach me what I don't know how to do. And where I don't even know to look to learn how to do that. So at this point of the initiation is the most erotic love affair that we will ever have. And it goes back to what I was saying on day one that we all only have one relationship. Relationship with the divine. Relationship with life. Relationship with source. Whatever term you want to use there. This is our inner beloved. This is where when things get hard, we need to get closer to, we need to get more intimate with it than we ever have before, and we need to pray, and if the word prayer brings up a lot of old baggage for you, need to ask for support. So how can we become instruments for this source in the world to be available to be used for something beyond our preferences and agendas? So desire is a very sacred thing. It's very important that we know what we desire, that we know what we long for. But desire becomes toxic when we then attach preferences to it. Well, I want this, and then this is how I want it to look when I have it. That's when it becomes toxic. And that is when we get stuck in delusion. That what we think is the right thing is the right thing when actually there's probably something so much bigger and so much better and so much more right for you. If you could just get out of the way and let life flow through you. this talk inspired you, I'd be so grateful if you would review this podcast on iTunes to help other women find it in the future. 
And if you're curious about how to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over and explore the She School at theshe-school.com. We're in session starting February 1st. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you.